Do you need a new or optimized website for your indoor playground or soft play rental business? Well, we now have a team of professional web designers ready to help you bring your vision to life. Our designs marry your aesthetic with what's been proven to work time and time again in this industry. And since we only work with play-based business owners, we have designing high converting websites that can be a complete game changer for your revenue and income down to a science. And we make it really affordable. Head to the show notes for example sites and pricing information. And yes, you can get the professional yet beautiful website of your dreams on the website platform of your choice for less than $800. You can even book a free call with our web design team if you have questions or want to talk about your specific needs. If you want us to, we'll even do all of your tech setup and software integrations so you don't have to lift a finger. We look forward to helping you convert your vision into reality and in turn, convert more browsers into buyers. Head to the show notes for all of our web design information. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, happy Monday. I hope you had an amazing weekend. I, for one, pretty much just watched Taylor Swift's Eras Tour live stream videos on TikTok, and I also watched Stu McLaren's free membership training last night, so I was up super late. So I hope you guys had really fun weekends. I hope you guys had better weather than we did here in New York, but anyway, <laughs> throughout the last two episodes of this podcast, we've been talking about ways we can improve our websites and sales and booking pages and turn more browsers into buyers and more clicks into customers. And we're going to continue that conversation for one more episode today. But even though we're switching to a a different topic for Wednesday and Friday's episodes, if there is anything else you'd like me to cover in the realm of websites or online presence, please let me know. Message me on Instagram. My account is linked in the show notes. And I'm also going to give you some additional homework and listening to do after today's episode. So head to the show notes where everything is going to be linked or make sure you take notes because there are a lot of episodes that you might want to go back and re-listen to after today's episode. And while you guys really seem to love the deep dive into how to improve some of the specific sections of your website, like your party booking page, for example, I actually got a lot of requests over the weekend for kind of an overall checklist of things every indoor playground or play cafe website should be sure to include. So that's what we're going to go through today. And I actually had another episode scheduled, but I got so many requests for a higher level view on this topic that I knew I had to wake up early on this Monday morning and get this out there for you. So we're going to take it super high level. And whether you're still planning your website or you just wanted to make sure that you haven't left anything out of your current website, I really hope this episode is helpful to you, especially because I'm sitting here recording this at five in the morning after being up well past midnight at Stu McLaren's training. Because trust me, I know how this whole website thing goes. I remember it from way back in 2015, and I'm pretty sure not much has changed. I know that when you're getting ready to open, you have a million tasks on your to-do list. And your website is just one of those. And I'm sure if you're like me, you threw up a quote unquote temporary, I'm using air quotes, it's really hard to convey on a podcast, but I'm sure if you're like me, you threw up a temporary website with just the bare minimum, just to get you to opening day. Am I right? Maybe you threw up some hours and contact information, linked your social media accounts, and added a booking call to action along with some some other, you know, basic information and pictures. And I'm sure you told yourself that as soon as you had some room to breathe, you'd hire someone or 
you'd really dive into improving it on your own. But here's the thing. There is always something, again, quote unquote, important to work on for our business. As a brick and mortar business owner, it can feel like you are always being pulled in so many different directions. And it can feel like something always needs our attention. So maybe improving your website or building it out fully kind of fell to the back burner. It's probably one of those things that your brain jumps to as soon as you're falling asleep, keeping you up for hours, just wondering how many sales you missed out on because your website is maybe a little clunky or hard to navigate or doesn't show up well on a cell phone or any mobile device. So let's fix that once and for all, shall we? I want you to set a date on your calendar to either hire a professional to optimize your current site once and for all, or dedicate enough time to learning how to accomplish it yourself. There are so many really uh, inexpensive courses on like Udemy. There are so many YouTube tutorials. If you have you know several hours to dedicate to learning whichever website platform you chose, you can be pretty dangerous and you can make a pretty good website yourself. And if you do need some help or you want to outsource this because by now, maybe you've realized that it's just never going to happen. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, we have a team of professional designers who work specifically with the indoor playground owners who are ready to bring their vision to life. All right. Here is your high-level checklist of some items I think every indoor playground website should have. And at the end, as a little bonus, I'm going to share a couple things that, in my opinion, you're good with skipping because they can just be overly complicated for no good reason. And by the way, if I let it, this list would literally be 100 line items long. But I did my best to really pare it down to the top 18 things that I believe to be the most important when it comes to sales. And again, this isn't just through my experience with my website. We've now helped dozens of other indoor playground owners, again, bring their online visions to life. And I've also sat behind the scenes as I've seen a lot of indoor playground owners build their own sites and share their feedback and what they've learned along the way. And again, these 18 things really seem to be the most consistent. So that's what I wanted to share today. And some aspects that I already went over in the last few episodes, I'm not going to include. And these are things like ease of navigation, clear call to action buttons, multiple ways for customers to pay, all that good stuff. So go back and listen to those episodes in the show notes for more information on those specific topics because that's where we're really getting into the nitty gritty. Again, this is meant to be kind of a bird's eye view of your website and it should act as just a very basic checklist. And I also collaborated with our team of web designers for this checklist. And if you're in Playmaker Society, I'm going to post this list for you because I know it's a lot. So Without further ado, let's just get into it. And I'm going to try to get through these 18 checklist items as quickly as possible so you can focus on actually implementing these features on your website so you can decrease customer confusion and overwhelm and increase your online sales. All right, the number one thing that I look for when I'm kind of looking at an indoor playground website, whether I'm doing a review for somebody or whether I'm just doing some basic research, is a clear homepage. So it should say exactly what you do, exactly who you serve, and it should have a couple basic pictures just so someone can get a very clear overview of what to expect in your space. Now, the mistake that I see a lot of indoor playground owners make is they have this giant chunk of text on their homepage that goes into their whole story and why they open their space and what their goal is for their community. And all of that is well and good, but it doesn't really belong on your homepage. It should have a very clear one-liner mission statement. And what I love when places do is when they have a very clear sentence right under their logo and business name that says something like play, parties, classes, you know, something like that, something that is extremely clear. So somebody can get 
literally a three-second overview of who you are and what you do in your business. So again, skip the giant chunk of text, skip your you know story of origin, skip all of that, and just make it extremely clear to understand what it is and who you serve in your business. And again, a couple really clear professional photos from your website or maybe a professional video or something like that. That's all you really need on your homepage. And then you should have it very simple for people to understand how to get to the next step. So, okay, now from their homepage, they understand that you do play, classes, memberships, parties. Now, if they want to learn more about one of those subjects, where can they go? And that kind of brings me to number two, and that is clear navigation. And by navigation, I mean your top navigation bar. Now, what a lot of people do for this section is they'll just have like 10 to 12 links just kind of thrown up on their navigation bar. And this is me projecting a little bit because this is actually something that I've been really meaning to clean up on my website. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great on mobile. And I get a lot of confused customers kind of trying to go through my website and see all of my services and offers and courses. And my navigation bar just leaves a lot to be desired. So again, this is something that I'm working to improve as well, along with a lot of these other points I'm going to bring up today because I'm one of those people that manages my website myself. I did have a professional design it for the first time, but it's just kind of me with the day-to-day changes. So I highly recommend a very clear navigation bar. And if there are a million things you want to link to, have just a few sections with dropdowns. So for example, if you want to have a shop page, but you're thinking, well, Michelle, I sell memberships and I sell retail toys and I sell books and I sell merch. Just have one shop section that people can hover over and then put all of those links as a drop down. Again, you want to make it as easy and simple as possible for someone to find what they're looking for on your website. So having those drop down bars is a really good way to keep it very clean and very simple. All right, number three, you want to have clear pricing on your website for all of your services. Now, you don't need to necessarily have these on your homepage, but I actually do like, especially if somebody's focus is open play or something similar or memberships, I actually like when they have their pricing right on their homepage, but it's not 100% necessary. But if I'm a prospective customer and I go ahead to that top navigation and I find my way to the play page because I'm looking to book a visit or maybe I'm sitting in the parking lot and want to know what to expect before I actually walk in the door. Make sure you have pricing for your services very, very clear so there are no surprises when somebody walks in the door. Because let me tell you, I have seen so many deer and headlights looks when I tell people what we charge for our parties or for our memberships simply because they didn't take the time to look on our website. So if you can point to your website and say, well, you know, just so you know, next time all of our website pricing and information and our different packages for memberships, if you want to save money, they're right here on this website. And, you know, maybe they're also here on this brochure or they're also here on this visual chart behind the counter. But It's really important to do your absolute best as a business owner to make your pricing and everything extremely clear on your website so you can reduce the amount of deer and headlights looks that your team gets because it can be really difficult and really awkward to kind of argue almost about your prices in person because unfortunately people will do this. We want to believe that everyone's going to do their due diligence and their research before they walk in the door. But the reality is that a lot of people just won't. So all we can do as business owners is do our absolute best to make our pricing as clear and as prominent as possible to, again, empower our team with these tools so they can point to them and say, hey, you know, just next time, check out our website because all of the information that you're wondering about is there and it's very clear. And something that I talked about in the YouTube video that I put out recently that went along with episode 194 of this podcast is I like to have visual charts anytime someone has to compare between a few different offers. 
So in that episode, we talked about birthday party pricing, but this can also be true for membership pricing as well. So if somebody is doing research about your facility and wants to know if a membership is going to actually be a value or a cost savings to them, put in a visual chart and say, hey, you know, if you're going to be visiting more than once or twice a week, a membership is going to actually save you money. And even if you put that in text, some people just process information differently. And some people are visual learners like myself. So again, I gave some examples of visual charts and how you can display your pricing in that way in that YouTube video. I'm going to link it in the show notes, but just make sure all of your pricing is in multiple places on your website so that if somebody does decide to do their research, they really can't miss it. In my opinion, it's always best to be very upfront and very transparent with your websites and, or excuse me, with your pricing on your website. And if you don't, people are going to be calling over and over again asking. So you might as well be upfront and transparent about it and stand firm in your pricing because we're business owners and we put our prices out there for a reason, right? We need to cover our costs. We need to compensate ourselves for our labor. So be confident and don't be afraid to shout your prices that you've carefully calculated from the rooftops on your website. You're going to appreciate it. Your customers are going to appreciate it. And your team is going to appreciate it because again, they're going to have much fewer of those deer and headlights looks at the front counter. And that kind of leads me into point number four, and that's clear contact information and hours of operation and location. And Throw a map on there if you're really feeling like people are going to have a hard time finding you. Because let me tell you, and I've talked about this before on this podcast, but 80% of the calls that came into our facility during our operating hours were simply asking our hours of operation. And that's because people kind of confuse hours of operation with open play hours. So whichever you're displaying on your website, whether it's on your homepage or whether it's on your customer service page, or your open play page. Make sure you're abundantly clear about what hours you're referring to. So if it's open play hours, make that title really big and make people not be able to miss it. Because again, if you make this information super clear on your website, you're going to reduce the workload of your team that's going to be behind the counter or your workload if you're going to be that one behind the counter. So I can't stress this enough. Put it on your homepage. Put it on multiple pages of your website if you have to. So I like to see it on the homepage and then also on the open play page to let people know exactly when you're going to be available for open play. And put a booking link right on that open play website and right on your homepage so that people can register in advance so that you can collect that money up front and have a little bit more consistently with or consistency with your open play bookings, but just make sure it's extremely clear and people aren't able to miss it. And again, your location is something that should also be in multiple places on your website. So right under your hours of operation, have your address and your city and state. I know that you might assume that people would know where you're located city and state-wise if they're looking up your business or if they somehow landed on your website, but I can't tell you how many times I've meant to type in one business name and accidentally landed on another. And I actually thought that I was, you know, looking at pricing or looking at party packages for one business in my area when actually there was another play space out of state that I was actually looking at. And it's because they assumed that I knew where they were located. And only until I actually got to the payment page is where I realized, hey, this is actually across the country. So again, make it so it is impossible to miss. So put it on multiple pages of your website, put it in your footer of your website so that again, it's extremely clear. Don't assume that people know anything when they land on your website. All right, number five, have a frequently asked questions page. And I'm not gonna get into this too much because in episode 16, I give you all the tips and tricks about how to create a frequently asked questions page that leaves no stone unturned and that actually leads to bookings and sales and customers because there is actually a very fine art 
and a science behind a frequently asked questions page. There are ways to provide answers to these questions that, again, actually lead to bookings and sales. So please go back and listen to episode 16. It's one of my favorites. But just to recap, this page should have all of the information regarding allergy safety, safety information, inclusivity information, again, what types of abilities or disabilities you cater to, what type of policies you have. And as a reminder from that episode, I always recommend leading from a place of education when you explain your policies. So for example, if you're a socks only facility, don't just say, hey, we require all adults and kids to take off their socks when entering the play area and leaving it at that. Let people know, hey, if you want to read more about why we have this policy in place, read this blog article that we've created to really explain why we put this into place. And in that blog article, again, you don't have to put all this information right on the page. You can explain, you know, hey, over 50% of our customers are crawling or they're early walkers and they're constantly picking things up and putting it in their mouth. And, you know, cleanliness is our top priority. We don't want your little one or their peers crawling around and picking up, you know, rock salt if you're in a snowy location like we are in New York or, you know, pieces of debris that you carried in from outside. I'm sure that you want your children to be playing in as clean of a facility as possible. And our no socks policy just allows us to make that happen for you. So again, lead from a place of education, link to additional information or anecdotes or stories about why you have certain policies or pricing in place, because it's going to, again, reduce the frustration that your customers feel either when they're reading about the policies on your website or whether they're looking to book a birthday party or when they're actually in your facility. Again, the more tools you empower your team with to point customers to if they're frustrated or if they want more information, this is a great way to do it. The more tools you empower your team with, the more smooth every interaction they have is going to be and the happier they're going to be with their job and their work life. So again, have a frequently asked questions page. And While your main navigation should have a frequently asked question page that's kind of overarching for your entire facility, I also recommend having a frequently asked questions page for your memberships and for your birthday parties. And this is a great place to utilize that drop-down navigation system. So if you don't have a drop-down navigation system just yet, that's okay because most website builders, builders like Squarespace or Wix or WordPress they allow you to have pages that are not linked to your main navigation system. So for example, on your birthday parties page, you can have a link or a button right next to your booking page and say, hey, if we're closed right now and you have questions or if you're not sure about you know such and such policy, here's information on frequently asked questions about our birthday party packages. And you can have that lead to a non-linked page and give them all the information about birthday parties specifically. And by not linked page, again, I just mean a page that is not available from your main navigation page. So don't worry about overwhelming your customers if you don't have that dropdown implemented just yet. There are other ways to do this. But have frequently asked questions answered on your website for all of your main services and offerings to allow people to kind of self-serve that information so they don't need to call your team or they don't feel like they need to reach out at 10 o'clock at night to get more information or to get clarity on your offers. All right, number six, and this one's pretty simple, a way to sign your waiver. So we like to use Smart Waiver for this. So you can easily just create a button on your website, on your homepage, on your open play spot. Again, make it easier for people to check in to your facility. Make it easier for them who's going to have kids that are ready and eager to play and make it easier for your team. So always have a way to sign your waiver on multiple pages of your website. This is one that I really want to make a priority for you. All right, number seven, have a lead magnet. And I talk a lot about this on episode one of this podcast. This is such an important topic to me. And email list building is 
one of the biggest game changers for any indoor playground or play cafe business. And that's why I talk about it so often. And that's why I made it the topic of episode one and actually episode two as well of this podcast. The stronger your email list is and the more you communicate with them consistently, the more sales you are going to see for every aspect of your business. Open play, events, parties, memberships. So often, and I mean nine times out of 10, indoor playground owners and play cafe owners do not prioritize building their email list or consistently communicating with their email list. So if you're kind of feeling down in the dumps about this, don't worry about it because again, it's the reality for nine out of 10 owners. But for that one owner that really makes this a priority and really takes the time to, again, strategically build their email list and attract new leads and communicate consistently with their list, for that one owner that actually does this, their minds are absolutely blown. And again, how big of a game changer this can be for your business. In episode two, I talk about how having a strategic welcome sequence that is automated for every single person that signs up for your email list, it can mean 89% more revenue from your email list, from those new subscribers. So this is a big deal. So by lead magnet, I mean an incentive to get people to join your email list and enter that welcome sequence. And again, if you want to learn more about how to set up a welcome sequence for your email list and tap into that 89% more revenue, that is episode two of this podcast. Now, signing your waiver could act as a lead magnet if you have something like Smart Waiver, where people can opt into marketing emails as they're signing up for their waiver. But way too often, I see indoor playground owners just have kind of a catch-all at the bottom of their website or their homepage that just says, stay in the loop or stay in touch with us or you know something along those lines. But again, it's 2023. 20, yeah, 2023. Again, sorry, it's five in the morning. But we need to prioritize strategically building our email list. Staying in the loop or staying in the know is just not going to be enough for somebody to really want to join your email list. So yeah, you may get a couple emails trickle in a day, but having an actual lead magnet that really draws people in and gets people excited to receive and open and click your emails, that is where the real game-changing results really come into play. So again, in episode one, I give you a ton of examples of lead magnets, but for me, my favorite one has always been offer a free coffee. It's extremely easy to implement. So what I mean by that is literally just change the text in your wording for your email box. So wherever you're having people enter their email address to sign up for your email list, instead of saying, stay in the loop, just say, hey, have a free coffee on us. Next time you come in, if you come in within a week of signing up for this email list, just show your welcome email to the barista or whoever's checking you in at the front desk. And again, if that welcome email came in within the last week, we'll give you an absolutely free coffee or latte. So this kind of has multiple benefits. Again, it's extremely easy to implement because all they need to do is show that email. You don't need to implement a landing page or a PDF checklist if you're implementing one of the more advanced lead magnet strategies that I talk about in episode one. All you need to do is deliver that welcome email, which you're likely, hopefully, already doing anyways. So again, not only does this get people to much more quickly sign up for your email list and actually be excited about it, it actually brings them into your facility within a week of signing up for emails. A lot of people this time of year are struggling to get people in for open play. So not only can this help you build your email list, this can also give people some urgency to actually come into your facility and see what you're all about. And getting more people in the door can lead to more event bookings and party bookings. And it can really be a snowball effect. And they're always going to be on your email list now. So next time you do have an incentive or promotion or you release tickets for a new event, you're going to be able to have just one more touch point to be able to communicate with them. 
And again, they're going to be excited to open that email because you started that relationship off on the best foot possible by giving them some real value for signing up for that email list. So again, have a intentional strategic lead magnet on your website and go back and listen to episode one for more information. All right, number eight, and this is obvious, so I'm just going to breeze through these next couple, but you should have a way to book birthday parties. Again, this is something I talked about for an entire episode on episode 194. We are not asking people to email to book or DM for availability anymore. So again, I'm not sugarcoating this one. You need to have a way for people to not only book their party and request a date, but put down a deposit and you should have everything automated to welcome them and thank them for their booking, communicate all of the information that they need to know via email, all of that. So again, this is a must have. And very similar to that, we arrive at number nine and that's a way to buy a membership, a way to buy an open play pass. You should make it as easy as possible for somebody to become a customer and make a commitment to coming to your facility, whether that's through a membership, an open play pass, an event ticket, anything like that. All of this stuff needs to be able to be purchased online. And remember when you're setting up your website, it's not just parents buying. It could be grandparents. It could be caregivers. It could be parents buying for their nannies or their grandparents to bring their facilities. There are many different people that could be purchasing from your website for a variety of different reasons. So again, don't assume that people know anything when they're navigating your website. Spell everything out. Put your open hours, put your pricing information, put your frequently asked questions link on many different pages of your website. Leave no stone unturned. Again, it's going to make your life easier. It's going to make your team's life easier. And most importantly, it's going to make it as easy as possible for people to actually become customers. So again, for more information on how to make your actual purchase and sales pages more successful and higher converting, go back and listen to episode 194. All right, that brings us to number 10. You should have a retail shop page. So even if you don't have a lot of space for retail in your facility, you should have a way for people to purchase the toys and most frequently played with, uh, you know, pieces of equipment at your facility. And if you're not able to fill those yourself, make them affiliate links. So again, if you don't have the ability to maintain inventory or anything like that, have some of your most requested toys as Amazon affiliate links. And I also have an episode about becoming an Amazon affiliate in the show notes as well. So there are no excuses here. So just to give you an example, we used to have these learning resources sorting cupcakes in our facility, in our little play bakery. And literally multiple times a day, people would be like, where did you get these? My kid absolutely loves these. Or the same would happen with our dress up clothes or our play food or our slide or things like that. And it would be so easy for me to just direct them to, you know, hey, go to playcafe.com slash shop. And that's where they can find affiliate links to all of those different toys and pieces of equipment. And this is so helpful because not only are you curating these toys for your customers, so you're making their lives easier, you're earning commission from all of these links. Again, the ideal is you would have a retail section and you're able to make a much higher profit margin from these items. So that's the dream, right? That's the end goal. But if you're not able to implement that now for whatever reason, at least have affiliate links so that you are earning income from curating these items for your customers. And a lot of people say, well, I don't want to you know, let people know where I get my pieces of equipment or my toys because they're not going to come into the facility anymore. But I promise you, kids play so differently with all toys and pieces of equipment in their home compared to your facility, right? They don't have peers to play with at their home. They don't have all of these other toys to integrate the pieces of equipment with. I promise you, allowing people to purchase the toys and pieces of equipment that you have in your facility is not going to reduce your open play traffic or get people to cancel their membership. I promise you, I've seen it time and time again, but 
you should have a shop page on your website, whether it's a fully implemented retail section with toys that you actually carry inventory for or drop ship or merch for your business. So t-shirts, mugs, things like that. Whether it's fully implemented like that or just a list of affiliate links, you should have a shop page on your website. Next is social media channel. So I love when indoor playgrounds and play cafes have their Instagram images linked to their website. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be on your homepage, but it can just add an additional taste of authenticity and realness to your business. And it can also add additional images to your website that basically update in real time every single time you add a new image to Instagram. So I absolutely love when people do this. And again, I'm going to keep this really simple. So you can either have actually all of your Instagram images appear on your website, maybe on a different page or maybe on your homepage, or you can have your social medias linked in the footer of your website. But again, make it as easy as possible for your potential customers to follow you in additional places. It's going to add additional touch points for you to communicate with them and grow your audience, all that good stuff. So again, make it as easy as possible for people to follow you elsewhere if they stumble upon your website. All right, number 12. And this is another one I'm not going to cover too much because I have so many podcast episodes about this already, but you need to have a blog on your website. So go listen to episode 21 if you don't yet have a blog or you haven't prioritized it yet. Because not only is it extremely important to make sure your website actually ranks on search engines like Google, a blog makes a huge impact on your search engine optimization and making sure people can actually find your birthday parties, find your memberships, find your events in your area. It can also be a great tool to, as I've already mentioned throughout this episode, explain your policies, highlight your services, showcase some really cool themes or some really amazing work you've done with birthday parties, highlight your story and tell why you opened your facility, who you strive to really include in your business, the impact you hope to make in your community. Your blog can be a great way to do that so that, again, you're not cluttering the other pages of your website. So again, your blog has so many different ways that it can improve your business. So go back and listen to episode 21. It's linked in the show notes if you are not yet convinced, but you need a blog. All right, number 13, and this kind of piggybacks off of the last point, but there should be a place where your story is apparent on your website. And I want you to have personal pictures of you, your family, and what you're all about and what made you open your business in the first place. So this could be your blog with a highlighted section that is just about your story and your mission, or it could be an entire navigation page just about your story and your mission. But make sure it's there. And I talk more about this in episode 62 of this podcast about how to really tell your story in a way that allows your potential customers to form really points of personal connection with you and your business. Because now more than ever, especially as we face an economic downturn, people want to buy from small business, right? They want to buy from people. They don't want to buy from chains. They don't want to buy from large corporations. So kind of peeling back the curtain and letting people in behind the scenes and sharing that story with them can absolutely lead to not just more bookings and sales, but more loyal customers and raving fans, which we know can be a huge difference maker in our business, right? We want people to be vocal advocates for us and letting them in on our mission can really help to really solidify that. All right, number 14, and this is also one I talk so much about, and that is mobile responsiveness. So more and more people are accessing websites on their mobile devices. As I mentioned in episode 194 and also episode 80, which is all about the mobile version of your website, over half of your traffic to your website and your booking pages are going to come from mobile devices. And I'd venture to guess that it's actually even higher than that. So it is essential that your website is optimized for mobile use. Your website should be easy to navigate and load quickly on mobile devices. And all images and videos and text and booking buttons and 
actual booking form. So where people actually enter their contact information and their credit card information in. All of those things should be mobile friendly. So again, open your website right now and go through all of your different pages on a mobile device. So many people skip this mistake, skip this step, and it is a huge, huge mistake. So if you haven't done this yet, again, make this your number one priority. If you take one thing away from this episode, I want it to be to make sure you go through your entire website as a customer on a cell phone, on an iPad, and make sure none of the formatting is wonky, make sure none of your forms get cut off, and make sure people are actually able to book on a mobile device. And if it needs to be improved, make that your number one priority. All right, number 15, you should have an event calendar. If events or classes are part of your business mission or part of your menu of services that you offer. Now, AdEvent is one of my favorite tools, and it can make implementing this extremely easy. So go back and listen to episode 176. Again, it's linked in the show notes. If you want more information about how to easily display your events on your website and how to actually allow your customers to sync your entire event calendar in real time to their calendar on their cell phone or their computer, wherever they access their website. And this is one of my, you know, secret weapon tools that allowed us to book our events so easily. Just imagine every single time your customer kind of opens their, uh, their calendar and says, Hey, you know, what do we have going on this weekend? They can see every event that you have scheduled at your indoor playground automatically populated on their calendar. Again, even if they go to your website a year earlier and say, Hey, yes, I want to sync this event calendar to my website or to my calendar. Every single time you add a new event or a class, it gets synced with their calendar. And with ad event, again, it's very inexpensive. It's like less than $20 a month. You can have multiple calendars. So you can have a calendar for babies and toddlers. You can have a calendar for uh, preschool and school age kids. You can have one event for classes, one calendar for events. You can really make this work for your specific business model. So again, go back and listen to episode 176 for more information about how to allow your customers to sync your calendar with theirs in real time every single day. All right, number 16, high quality images and videos. I talk about this in a ton of episodes as well, but you absolutely need to schedule a professional photo shoot for your business if you haven't yet. I talk about ways to make this extremely affordable. I forgot to write down, oh, it's episode 181. That's where I talk about not only how to make a professional photo shoot affordable, but also how to ensure you get a positive return on investment from it. So I basically give you a checklist of all the shots you make sure you want to have for the best possible website that, again, actually turns clicks into customers. Professional images and videos are so important. So again, this is probably priority number two if I had to pick one. If you don't have high quality images and videos yet, make sure you add this to your to-do list. And I highly recommend having pictures of both a blank slate space, so your indoor playground just clean, completely free of anyone. Have it appear as a blank slate so people can really envision what their party might look like or their event might look like, and then also have pictures of kiddos enjoying your space. Having a great mix is definitely the best way to go about this one. All right, number 17, and this is kind of a bonus one. I don't think this is 100% necessary when you're first getting started, but I really love when indoor playgrounds have a video tour on their website. And I talk about why this is so important, especially for the community that is dealing with disabilities in episode 93 of this podcast. But whether someone has a disability or someone in their family has a disability or not, having a video tour can be so helpful, especially for parents maybe that have a little bit of anxiety or that have toddlers that often have meltdowns in public, right? What toddler doesn't have public meltdowns once in a while? Having a video tour can really allow your customers to have 
a really good idea of exactly what to expect, not just when they walk through the door and see the play area, but throughout the checkout process. It can really show them where the party rooms are located, where the retail section is located, where the bathrooms are located. Having a full video tour can really reduce any buffer or reduce any objection somebody might have before visiting your facility and just make coming to visit an easy yes. And it can help them prepare. It can help them, you know, show their kiddo, hey, this is what to expect. If their kiddo has anxiety or maybe is autistic, I know every single time I bring my autistic son to a new facility, I like to show him a video tour just to, again, reduce anxiety, reduce meltdowns, reduce the unexpected because new environments are overwhelming enough for him. So walking into that place sight unseen or just having looked at a few pictures, that is usually a recipe for disaster for us. So again, make it as easy on your customers to visit your facility. It's going to make it easier for them. It's going to make it easier for you. And it's going to make it so much easier on your team and your other customers visiting that day. So I love a video tour. And again, if you want more information and tips on exactly how to execute this, and I talk about all the tech and where you should film this, how you should film this, how you should embed it on your website, go back and listen to episode 93. And that brings us to our very last point, and that is analytics tracking. And I talk about how to install your Facebook pixel in episode 13 of this podcast, but you should also make sure you install Google Analytics on your website to make sure you have a great picture of who's visiting your website, where they're visiting your website from. Is it from mobile devices? Is it from a desktop? Is it from your area? Or are you accidentally getting found in other areas like I talked about throughout this episode? What search terms are people finding your website through? This is going to help you optimize your your website on search engines. It's going to help you create really intentional blog content. So make sure you have your Facebook pixel installed so that you can retarget your customers, not just like I talked about in episode 13, but as I talk about in so many episodes all about Facebook ads. In the last episode, so in episode 195, I talked about how to recover abandoned booking. So people who start booking a birthday party, but then never actually submit a deposit for whatever reason. The only way you're going to be able to implement some of the strategies that I talk about on that episode is installing your Facebook pixel tracking code. That's how you're going to keep showing up in the people's news feeds that are visiting your website. It's going to be how you can keep staying top of mind. So make sure you install your Facebook pixel In the show notes for episode 13, I have a YouTube tutorial on exactly how to do this and also make sure you install Google Analytics. For all my Playmaker Society members, I have a tutorial on this for you, but if you're not in Playmaker Society, there are a ton of tutorials on YouTube about how to install Google Analytics on your website. But if you're going to make data-driven decisions about how to improve your website and improve your conversion rate, You need to have analytics installed on your website that go way above and beyond the basics that your website builder gives you. All right. Now, as promised, as a little bonus, I want to talk about a couple of things that, in my opinion, you can skip having on your website. And number one is going to be a live chat. And this is something that's really meant to elevate your customer service, but it can actually do the opposite. Unless you have somebody really manning that live chat like 24-7 or unless you have you know artificial intelligence answering customers' questions for you, you can absolutely skip this. Don't give the customer the illusion that somebody is sitting there ready and willing to answer their questions if they're not. Having to wait hours or even days for a response from this quote-unquote live chat bot is going to just cause frustration and it's going to lead to lost sales and booking. So I would much rather you have all of the information and pricing and frequently asked questions answered right on your website than, again, have this facade of a live customer service agent. So unless you can respond like within 10 minutes of somebody interacting with your live bot, like for example, if you connect it to your Facebook Messenger, just skip this one. Trust me, it's going to be more trouble and cause more frustration than it's worth. And then the second thing that you can skip if you're not a professional web designer is a ton of fancy graphics and animations and 
you know, your, your images sliding in and circling and things like that. This can slow down your website response time and make it really difficult to navigate on a mobile website. So just the other day, I was noticing that I made this mistake and I added a ton of fancy automations on one of my web pages. And I went to check something on the mobile site and I noticed that I had to like scroll and scroll and scroll and hover and hover and hover for like five seconds on this one section of my website before the text actually appeared. Because again, I wanted to get fancy with it, but I'm not a professional website designer. So unless you're a professional, clear and simple is key. Because again, you want your website to be as quickly loading as possible and as easy to navigate as possible. That is going to lead to a lot more sales than any fancy animation is going to. So again, leave this one to the professionals. So if you have a true professional website designer, this is absolutely okay. And it can definitely add some visually interesting elements to your website and really catch people's eye where you want it to and things like that. But again, if you're not a professional, just skip this one. Trust me, as someone who's been there, done that, you don't want to make this mistake. All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, there is a ton of additional homework and additional episodes to binge in the show notes of this episode if you want to dive deeper into any of these topics. And again, if there is ever a topic that you want me to cover, I would be happy to do so. I have a running list of things that you guys have requested, and I'm slowly working through them. And this episode is just a perfect example of that. I had a completely different episode schedule today, but I woke up at five o'clock. Now it's six o'clock. I woke up super early on a Monday morning because so many people messaged me. And I just want to let you know that I listen and I hear that feedback and I am totally willing to switch up my schedule and wake up early to give you the content that is actually going to move you forward in your business and allow you to make more money as an indoor playground owner. So I do respond. I do listen. And I do put out what you want to listen to. So make sure you send me a message on Instagram. My account is linked in the episode description. And without further ado, I hope you have a great start to your week. And I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Have a great day, Playmakers.